Ready? Hello, and welcome to Rhythm and Pixels Video Game Music Podcast. My name is Robert Nichols. And I'm a silent reader. Today we're going to provide you with the best of the best from acclaimed artist as Jim Watts, Percival Von Sheets, and Clifford Brown Snolt, and Kimitake Matsume. <laughs> <laughs> we're working on it, but I love uh, those voices. We should do those more yeah, for I'll, some reason. Well, that's because today's episode is all about dreams which we seriously thought we did before but we, we can't we... find it so it doesn't count well you dear listener maybe you could point it out because <laughs> <I'm sure laughs> we can't find it so dreams happen in your sleep they happen during the day mm-hmm. they're not maybe they're not your subconscious doing something maybe it's something that you want in the future and that's a dream that you have and maybe sometimes as you're walking around on a banana cream pie with mm. eyeballs that's telling you stories about told story charts. Yeah. It could be a little bit of anything, really. I used to have some wild, not wild, but disturbing recurring dreams in my 20s every night. I think like, I'm having those now. I think I call it my midlife crisis. But I don't I, know what it is. <laughs> you and know, I, I, mine, mine could be attributed to that, but maybe, maybe we can... Um, Maybe okay. we can analyze each other's dreams on today's episode. That can but be maybe, pretty. But I'm trying not to get too serious because then I don't want this to be a sad episode. That is true. It's supposed to be about dreams, not dreams. D- oh, fun thing I should mention. Oh, though. yeah. Yeah, let's have some fun first so, before, I, before we ruin each other. <laughs> so uh, yeah. we had a guest on last week. Yeah, Very Mitchell. Awesome, Mitchell Wong. Mitchell Wong. Awesome guest. He's one of, our, yeah, one of our best. Yes, and we had a fun conversation, heavily talked about video games and recommendations. He recommended two games. He recommended Red Out. He recommended yeah. the Banner Saga. I bought them both. Okay, so what are you into right now? Neither, because I'm swamped <laughs> with reviews, <laughs> right, right, but right. I wanted to show the support. But here's the interesting tidbit, which was like a really frustrating, weird moment. So uh, Best Buy was running a promotion uh, last, I guess, say last month, where if you spend $150, you get 15 bucks back. And to be specific, 150 bucks in store credit. So my brain was thinking, yeah, I don't really have that much money right now, but I'm going to likely spend that kind of money over the next few months. So I'll just dump it in advance, get the free credit, mm. and then spend it as it comes. A Pernell special. That's right. That's yeah. how I make things work, man. That's right. So I bought the credit. I got the e-gift cards in the mail. Mm. And oh, it was great. I was like, yeah, I got money. I'll spend it over time, and I'll get the promo credit next week. That's when the... It kicks in. So Mega Man 11 comes out this yeah, week. Yeah, and yeah. I'm thinking, I'll go to the store and pick up a copy with my new credit because I would have to spend more money. I show up at the store, I locate the game, and as I'm walking out, I see Red Out on the counter. Now, Red Out was a, one of the games that Mitchell requ- recommended, and yeah. I bought it during that episode on Best Buy's website, but I had a shipping delay issue, quote-unquote. So... I just like I figured. Well, I'll just cancel that order, grab it right now, and solve the problem because they ain't say anything about where if they got my game or not or whatever. So go to the counter, and they can't cancel the order, but they're like, you know, well, you can just you know buy it later if you can just buy it now, and then if it shows up, you can just get it returned because it doesn't show any status about whether they found the game or what. All uh-huh. it just says is that if we don't have it by October 26th, we'll refund you your money. Okay, it tells me nothing. Right. So that took 
15 minutes to resolve. Just that part. Okay, no lie. I am really lost. I understand. <laughs> I picked up a game yeah. with the intent of canceling an online order that was delayed. Uh, got it. And they, they couldn't do it after 15 minutes of bouncing back and forth. Okay, okay. They couldn't figure out the online order. Could not figure it out. But they're promising you that they're going to be able to cancel it. No, they said they couldn't the cancel future. it, but when it shows up, if it shows, it shows up, if it shows up, then they'll... I'll return the game to the store, which, mm. by the way, showed up the very next day. There you go. Without any warning to me. <laughs> Second thing, here's where it gets really dicey, and why I mentioned the earlier part of the story. Okay. So I was like, okay, well, I like to pay for this with my e-gift card. Here you go. I'm sorry, sir, we can't take that. What are you talking about? You can't take it. It's money that I bought with money. <laughs> you don't want the money? You don't want the money I pay for with my money? The, and it's like, no, we can't take that. There's been a lot of fraudulent gift cards that have been submitted what? to us, so we can't take your gift card. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You're trying to tell me I'm holding on to itchy and scratchy bucks here? Like, I actually said that at the counter. <laughs> and it was like, what the heck are you talking about? I was like, you know what I'm talking about. You're all itchy and scratchy land crap. That sounds... Crazy. I was like illegal or something. Like that's the thing. Like when did you buy these things? I bought them back in September. Now here's the funny thing: the credit so, is authentic. The store just outright decided they didn't take it. Like the money is there. Like I so called. I the, called. So did you go to another store? No, nah, this the guy. Here's where I did. So I was like, okay, you won't take my money, but I want my game today. How yeah. can I resolve the credit going forward? He's like, well, if you call this number, that the listeners like, what the heck's with this guy? But um, he's like, if you call this number, they will send you real gift cards mm. by converting. I was like, okay, that's yeah. a reasonable response. Call them. We can't do that. <laughs> we can't convert e-gift credit to normal credit. Like it's the same thing. I can buy credit with fake credit. Yeah. It's all the same. You can't do that. But here's the number to Cash Star. They're the guys who handle our e-gift cards. We're trying to get away from that. I'm like, but you still advertise on your website, but you don't do it. So I was like, well, fine, whatever. Cause I'm trying to be nice the whole time. I don't like getting mad at people on the phone because they're just doing their job, you know? The policies are the policies. They're just stuck doing the job. Yeah. So I'm like seething in the back of my head. But I'm like, okay, thank you for your help. I'm going to call Cash Star. I'm now. not going to lose my mind. Exactly. Right now. Right now. Up in here or up in there. <laughs> or, or up, yeah. Up <laughs> anywhere, honestly. But of course, I called Cash Star too, and they also gave me the flim flam special. Like, well, we can't, we can't convert it, but the credit is there, and they should take your money. We'll uh, issue a complaint to their store. Blah blah blah. So, so what's the result? What's what's going on? I'm going to have to flim flam the stores. Like, if it gets to the point where I can't buy it at the counter with the gift credit, I'm just going to stand in the line and make people wait because it's unfortunate how it works. I'm going to go to the website and order the exact same stuff on my phone. Type in pickup at store with my e credit. And stand there and wait for them to go get it. <laughs> but here you go. I just ordered it with the same credit. Yeah, go get my stuff. Oh, wait. What, I'm holding it. That's what they want. That is probably what they want. Yeah, and they'll just... I'm sure they're not going to like it because I'm sure people in line like, what's going on? They're like, well, we're all just standing here waiting for pickup at store. Well, why do you have to do it in line? Because I'm going to try to spend it first. Oh, I see. And then when they say no, I'm like, well, I know what I'm going to have to do then. Bip, bip, bip. Oh, the signal in here is terrible. I guess I got to wait. <laughs> Wait for this. Like, that was my rant for the day. Hopefully, you no know, one's like freaking out. Like, God, this poor guy. Oh, I dreamed about that too. That was a dream. That was all a dream. <laughs> no, it actually happened, but I was like, looping back in. No, that's all right. No, that's all right. Just, you know, best buy being 
It's Best Buy. It was Best they're, Buy. I'm like, they're taking my gamer club. They're not taking my gift cards. Radio Shack. Best Buy. <laughs> Radio Shack. Circuit City, I think it uh, was. Circuit City, yeah. It was one of those. Toys R Us. Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, Jeffrey's Toy Box. Jeffrey's Toy Box. Oh, my God. Whatever. All right. Um, so before we get into some fantastic music, and, and I have to say, my music picks are excellent. Oh, well, now I'm anxious, am, because what if mine aren't? I am so happy with every track I picked on this episode. Um, but before we get to that, um, I want to mention that we are going to be doing a live show at a convention in Pennsylvania called Thy Geekdom Con. Like, 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 Thy Kingdom Come. It's Thy Geekdom Con. 2018, this is their fifth convention, and they've moved to the Greater Philadelphia Expo Center in Oaks, Pennsylvania. And that's going to be Saturday, November 3rd at 7 p.m. Um, I think it's on the main stage. So it'll be some bands or something coming on after the us. The bands? We were on the main stage, huh? I'm pretty sure. That's where we were last last year. Um, but it was much smaller. Yeah, but this is going to be a big so, main stage. Yeah, so come on out. Uh, there's going to be a lot of fun cosplay, a lot of uh, video games, and a lot of board games. We play a lot of board games. Yes. So if you go to our website and go to events on the on the menu... You can see the events that we're going to be at, and there's actually a picture of us playing board games in the background of someone else's photo. (laughs) Which is really random. (laughs) Which is great. And it's funny, we played that game there, and then proceeded to buy it, and we've never played the first time. Oh, we gotta do it. No, we gotta do it. Christy would love it. It's it's really hard. I I found it really challenging, but I think she'll she'll enjoy it. The game was called Acquire, for those Uh, who were like, what were you playing? Acquire. Um, Yeah, it's really good. Okay, so, Dreams... And I will admit, aside from one choice that I picked, just because I kind of had no choice, I tried to intentionally stay away from the usual stuff that people think of when they think of dream-based games. And I think you did, too. Um, yeah, yeah. Like, I had I had really clear, really, really clear ideas of what I wanted to play, and it just sort of fit. Yes. So, um, so what is your first dream, Pernell? Well, this is from a game I only recently even learned about, and I started dabbling in it last night um but the game is called anodyne and the track title is just fields and it's composed by sean han tani
Welcome back. You are listening to Fields from the game Anodyne. This is lovely. This is just... I'm really liking this song. This isn't like a typical poppy, peppy, wajubba-jub that I might throw on the show. <laughs> yeah. But I feel huh. like from the scope of dreams... Really good. This is what you generally would want from a music track that's meant to convey that you're in a, tre- a dream environment. Hmm. And I feel like this does a great job of it. I only This game apparently has been around since like 2013, but I only learned about it this week because I was researching for the episode and it's like, I gotta come up with some stuff, some information regarding games that involve dreams that aren't the usual staples. And I came across this title. And I actually need to do this while we learned about this last night, but apparently SML, which is the podcast I do reviews for sometimes. Mm-hmm. SML. SML. Apparently on episode 417, he had this guy on there. Oh. And for an interview. The the the, the composer and developer, mm-hmm. Sean Han Tanny. Yep, he was on the show. So it was episode 417 of SML. But that's also how I ended up getting a code for the game because I was preparing to buy it. He's like, well, Merry Christmas. Here you go. Oh, a cool. code. So I'm, I messed with it a little bit before coming over here. Mm-hmm. And it plays like a Zelda-type game. Not so much on the dungeon items bit, because I don't think that's really going to be a factor in this game, but more so on the exploration, the puzzle solving. Oh, that sounds fun. It is. Like I'm enjoying it. And I like the writing that I've come across so far. Uh, you're pretty much a little uh, a character who's diving into his own subconscious for some reason. He's exploring his own subconscious world. Oh, neat. And the general theme yeah. of the game is disconnecting yourself from reality, or more so trying to get back in touch with reality after said disconnection. Um, I am intending to play through this game because it seems like it hits a few notes that I could appreciate. So the character like disconnects himself and then is trying to get back. That's where I'm going to find out. Oh, that's neat. It's just it's it's a really cool idea for a game though, and I like the fact that his main weapon is just a broom. He beats <laughs> things with a broom, and sometimes he has to sweep up dust with the broom and then uh, shake the dust off the broom dust, to solve puzzles. Dust force. That's right. That's that's one of my games. Tapping into the dust force. That's good. This is great. So I saw that the the soundtrack to this game is like over 80, 85 minutes long. There's a lot of tracks. I think, I think a lot of it is because the atmos- the environments are mm-hmm. all... There's a lot of unique little environments that you have to explore. That's awesome. That means that as the developer and the, and the composer, um, they were thinking about how the music would shape each different environment. Mm-hmm. And so... Because in a, in a video game, it really... I mean, as we've learned through the years of doing this podcast, it really shapes the the experience. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, putting like, an idea of something. So, for example, this came up very recently, I mm-hmm. learned. So, Mega Man 11 came out this week. <laughs> Second time we've mentioned them. Yeah, Mega Man 11, right? Yeah. Now, people think of Mega Man, they think of Blue Bomber, Hop and Bop, running gun platforming. Yes. But they also think about excellent music. And it seems like across the board, people are saying that the music in Mega Man 11 just isn't hitting the right notes. Not hitting it for people, huh? Yeah, which is really a surprise to me. Where are you? I only have played one stage so far, which was Blast Man's. And while I wouldn't say I'm going to write home about it, listen to it in my car, Mm -hmm. it fit the game. Like, it worked. It wasn't like I wanted to turn the sound down. Yeah. So, but it's not inspired. I'll say that. Oh, that's a shame. I mean, I guess I'll have to... I'll have to... 
um, for my own opinion on it. Yeah, I'm hoping that as I play more of it, maybe yeah. the tracks will sink in because I will say sometimes it takes multiple plays of a track, like Jewel Man's track in nine. That's, I didn't originally like it, but now it's like, like my favorite one. That's Mega Man for you. You play those stages over and over and over again, even if you're not dying, but you're just you just because you want to play them again. Yeah. Um, and from what I've seen, like game looks like fun. Oh, the game is awesome. game looks stupid fun. Like I said, I did the Blastman level, mm-hmm. and I died a few times before getting to the end of it. And the level was fun. There's like, you're setting off like trip mines, where if you step over the line, a bomb, like, you start detonating bombs that chase after you. Yeah. There's like guys who like throw grenades that ignite things, but when you kill them, they leave behind an oil drum that then <laughs> launches off in the sky to come at you. It's a genuinely solid title. Like, it's fun. Um... It's just, like I said, I'm looking forward to hearing more of the music because people are claiming the music just not hitting it. Wow. And I'm hoping that I disagree with those folks. But we will see. On the positive, the game itself is legit. So maybe this means Mega Man is making a comeback and we will get some new, I think, better tunes and songs. And you know what? I think that's a good thing. You better believe yeah, it. Yeah, people are into platformers again. And apparently there's talk about live-action Mega Man movie. Yeah, I don't and know. that disturbs me. On the heels of, a, of the talks of a live-action Dance Dance Revolution movie, which just sounds like they've talked about a Tetris movie. Like, whatever. As he ever buys me, I was at work. I love, fine. I love how we're just going off all random tangents here. But like, no, I was yeah, at work yeah. today. I got more to go on. <laughs> I, got, I got plenty more to do. Like, I was at work, was and I it. had this weird idea for, like, a final attack in a role-play game. Yeah. It just clicked. Like, I'm not sure if it's because you have, like, a magical outfit, like a costume change in, like, costume-based games or, mm-hmm. or job change or whatever. But yeah, it yeah. was called, like, like, Party Planet was the attack call title. And the main character just, like, snaps his fingers, and he has, like, a disco outfit on, and he starts dancing. I love it. And the enemies are just, like, perplexed at, why is this guy dancing? And then light starts to shimmer, and you see all this twinkling, like, you know, like, strobe lights kicking off, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And then you start to notice it get darker. And the enemies turn around, and they see a giant disco ball yes. just coming down yes. from space, and it just, like, smashes yes. into the ground. And Ult- it turns out you just summon the disco ball from space. It's a, it's a disco Ultima. Yes! I love it. Well, with that in mind, I'm going to play my craziest track first, then. <laughs> I was going to try to, like, tailor my... Like, we kind of play out like, our tracks off of each other um, to kind of play DJ on, on the show. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go left field here. So this is a game called the LSD Dream Emulator for the PlayStation. This did come out in the states, or have have a Western release at least. Um, the music is composed by Osamu Sato, and this is more of like an art video experiment rather than a game. Um, and the music is the music was composed for the game, but it's comprised of like four to five hundred small snippets of loops of sounds that are then procedurally put together in the game. But there's a few moments in the game where there's cutscenes, like, like kind of like cutscenes, more like like early 90s or late, I'm sorry, whatever, 90s rave music video. <laughs> like <laughs> insanity. And we'll talk I'll talk more about the game when we come back, but this this track is called Oriental Grill. Um, and <laughs> it's insane. It reminds me of some really cool early 90s drum and bass music. And it's really neat. It's composed by Osamu Sato for the game LSD Dream Emulator.
not adjust your headphones. Do not adjust your car stereo. This song is that awesome. <laughs> This is Oriental Grill from the game LSD Dream Emulator for the PlayStation. That was composed by Osamu Sato. I mean, and it is wild. I love that track. And it just kept changing and evolving. And well, I won't say adapting because it wasn't adapting. To no, it was definitely, definitely wild. Definitely a certain kind of dream. So or maybe that made it put you in some kind of state. So this game was called Lakeshore Drive. Lakeshore Drive. It was called uh, Los Santos. I don't know. LS. I mean, clearly it's Los Santos Demonio. So it was. It was designed by the composer Osamu Sato, mm-hmm. and the he was seeing people do these 3D games like from like Wolfenstein and Doom. And I think at the time Quake. I think Quake was out at this time, and he thought like, what would be awesome is if you were thrown into a world where no matter what you touched you would enter the world like a whole other consciousness of whatever you touched. You touched a tree and you entered like a tree world. A tree world. And then you maybe fell in a lake and you'd be in the lake world. And so he slowly developed this concept of um, like if you would walk around these environments that were like forests or hallways or buildings with just crazy 90s like colorful psychedelic things around you. And if you walked into something the dream would be over and then a new dream would begin and in between each dream it'll give you like a grid and it'd be like the grid would say like uppers downers dynamic aggressive and so like your dreams would get like really really dark or they'd be really really happy but it would all be mostly procedurally generated would the music adapt to these visions too um yes the music is all weirdly adaptive as well so but in between sometimes a dream would be like a like a full motion video like music video with music and this is one of the songs that plays i like the sound it's really strange i mean and it's not great looking and later on in the game there's a person inside the dreams that you can find is he trying to catch you and kill you? Well, you can no. There's no, there's none of that in this game. <laughs> so you stop the per- if you run into that person, then you're able to replay the dream that you just watched. Does he give you a golden key? No, no. You you play the dreams until it's over. Does he unlock the inverted dreamscape? You know, we'll have to ask. Michael Bridgewater played this on his last 
um, last playthrough for his uh, charity event. Yeah. And he was awake for over 20 hours and was really into this game. <laughs> it woke him up again. And I, third wind. And it just, it pleased me to see him so out of it. So I want to read a little bit of um, what, what he said or what it said about... Uh, this music here. So, Sato is also a musician and composed the music himself. He used tightly cut samples to create around 500 mu- musical patterns. He felt this approach more closely resembled the chaos of a dream state in contrast to full-drawn melodies. Um, he was particularly influenced from music coming out of England's Warp Records label. So, Warp Records, um, I believe it's like Apex Twin? Mm-hmm. I think that, actually, I think that's his label. So, that tells you where he's coming from. Um, initially, he was going to include more pentatonic scales and melodies to give the game an Asian flair, but then he came to realize that this was not necessary after seeing the international success of Japanese producers like Ken Ishii, who was later featured on Remix Soundtrack, a oh, cool Remix Soundtrack, featuring some of the game's music. So Ken Ishii, um, his music can be found in the game Res. Oh, now we're talking. I yeah. know Res. Um, which is cool. So, yeah, it's very, very interesting. It's very... I mean, this music's insane. It reminds me of, again, like the 90s drum and bass music coming out of England, particularly the the label Moving Shadow. So anyone that remembers the Easy Rollers, anyone remembers Blame. Um, I feel like I've heard of Blame. Goldie, before. the Ruffage Crew. Uh, yeah, so that's... <laughs> that's the, oh, roughage the Roughage Crew. We're talking salads, we're talking rabbit. Well, we're talking greens. Talking green and greenies. And those greens were all over the record label, let me tell you that much. Um, <laughs> Dom and Roland, Aqua Sky, Calyx. Oh my gosh, I have so much Calyx in my record collection. So yeah, if you're into, if you're into drum and bass, you know what I'm talking about. But yeah, that's that's the LSD Dream Simulator. So were they all like named it's after... Insane. Were they all named after various green bits? Um, no, a specific kind of green bit that is legal in some states. Oh, oh, (laughs) oh, that kind. There you go. There you go. So clearly we're talking about broccoli. Broccoli. Broccoli is illegal in Ottawa, Canada. As it should be. Um, And it's also illegal in Arkansas. I love broccoli, but that stuff's powerful and potent. You can't. It's good for you. It it gives you so much muscles that um, the government has tried to ban it because they're concerned about people getting like way too... Uh, strong, especially when they roast it with pine nuts and olive oil. Oh, pine nuts! Pine roasted pine nuts with broccoli. Yes, sounds so good. It is good and strong inducing. <laughs> so yeah, that was the LSD Dream Simulator. The rest of my music is not going to be that insane. <laughs> no, I don't think any of mine is going to touch it on that base. I feel, I feel like it's out of my system now. So I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, what's your next one? I will pick the next track that I have, which is probably closest to matching up to that. <laughs> oh, yeah. And this is probably the only track I have that I think falls in line with that. I was going to choose between one of two tracks from this game. I'm going to go with this one, even though it's more of a nightmare than a dream in okay. this case. Yeah, that's the, my one's kind of a nightmare. Uh, maybe uh, a fever dream. But. <laughs> And this track is from the game Nights into Dreams. Okay. The obvious choice I had to put in here. Uh, and the track is called Eleki Sparkle. And it is composed by Naofumi Hataya, Tomoko Sasaki, and Fumi Kumatani. And this was the Sega Saturn, right? Yes. Awesome. <laughs>
Welcome back. You're listening to Eleki Sparkle from the game Nights into Dreams. Dream in the night, dreams be light, or wherever that slogan was. <laughs> Composed by Naofumi Hataya, Tomoko Sasaki, and Fumi Kumatani. And you know Tomoko Sasaki, right? No! I mean, yes! Rystar! Are you sick? Well, it makes sense. Yeah, Sega. yeah, yeah, yeah. It says the, the Sega team or Sonic team. This, well, I'm glad that she's on this thing because that means mm. I almost solidify why this OST is legit. It's a great, it is, this is like a cool, this is a Purnell track, but like on a cool level. Oh, yeah, you know? man. Like, wait, 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 wait a minute. I know that sounded bad, but it's, it's. But on a cool level, not like that other joke. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a track that I know Purnell's going to really like, but it's better. Yeah, it's better than the usual stuff. No. You can't resolve this. You can't, you can't remedy that. Oh, uh, uh, no, sorry. That's okay. I'm just, I think it's hilarious. Yeah. The- this track, though, <laughs> from the game, uh, this is probably one of my favorite tracks from the title. So when I'm this- not surprised. <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> so when this game came out, um, for those not in the know, because we have some younger listeners on the show, mm. this game was Sega's attempt at countering the recent release of the Nintendo 64 and its 3D analog joystick. Yes. They were saying, we can do 3D too. Here's this game. It's called Night, and it comes with a 3D controller. And it, I still honestly prefer that controller to the normal Saturn controller, but it was like sort of 3D. When you're on foot, you can walk around, but you never wanted to. You didn't want to be on foot. You want to be flying. Flying. But flying was not... It was pseudo 3D. You were on tracks, but you were in a 3D space. But that didn't take away from the game, as the game itself was an awesome collection of 3D dreamscapes that you would explore by flying and collecting orbs to unlock idea gates, to collect the ideas, to complete the dream. I like that. But then you have to fight a nightmare at the end of every stage. And nightmares were like... They weren't like true demons or anything because this is like a kids. This game has kids in it. Was it like were they were they were they thematic to the dream? Not quite. They were more just like enemies. Like like for example, the Spring Garden stage had I think Puffy, which was like this large uh, opera singer ball, <laughs> and her battle stage was a giant dining room, like a long dining room. You had to pretty much chase after. And like slam her into like oh, the to a dinner table yeah. and like bounce her around. <laughs> and this particular track played at the end of I want to say the uh, the snow train stage. I can't remember the exact name of it. Like it's a, the stage is like it's a snow country. It's like a train that runs through it. Hmm. And the boss's name was Claws. It was a wild cat with big claws. And being that this game was what it was. He didn't really attack so much. He was just more of a nuisance with the goal for you being just to, before the time ran out, you pretty much had to like dash into him. It's like punch him in the face with your head because that's what you do. You like a dream dash or a drill dash. And you pretty much just knocked him around and you had to beat him before the time was up. And it was kind of cool how they did all the boss fights because whereas we loop it here, in the original game, every boss fight had a specific time limit. And if you don't beat the boss before the time is up, you wake up from the dream, and oh, that's the end of the game. Oh, that's interesting. So as you get towards the end of the track, or the end of your time limit, the track goes into like this weird, like, like, like almost like you're slowly coming out of a dream. Oh, and yeah. it kind of gets war- it gets warbly. Mm-hmm. And it's I've always liked it. It adds a little bit of pressure. Like, oh, crap, I'm about to wake up. Gotta yeah, beat yeah, this yeah. Cat up. Because like, not only are you like experiencing it like visually, but now you're like you're hearing it, and it's like kind of like adds to it. Yes. That's cool. I, I do like that. Like to this day, I still play this game. Like I went to the Franklin Institute mm-hmm. 
uh, last month, I guess it was, for their video games exhibit, and they had Knights playable there, and the friend that I went with didn't quite get why Knights was cool. I'm like, you know what? Knights was great back in the day. So, but when you're you're flying around, you're on rails? Yes, rail flying. So, So you're going left to right. You can move up and down like it's a plane. But you're not like say if you can't go into the screen or come towards the screen. Right. Okay. I see. I see. So and when you what, every time you collect enough blue orbs to unlock an ideal an ideal for the stage. Yeah. You then go from the same center shrine to the next course in the environment. So now instead of going down here, you're going down here. No one can see me do that. Oh, so, <laughs> so, so what's what's the what's the goal at the end? Like at the end of the game, it, you're defeating the nightmares and helping knights. Free dream world, uh. but you're going to the kids' dreams every night, where you meet up with knights, and then you help them within the dream world. Oh, so you're help- you're you're not tackling your own dreams. You're, you're like you're kind of tackling your own. The nightmares are influencing dream world as a whole, but you're inside of your dreamscapes, right. battling them. So like the idea, though they don't convey it well in the game because this is before they, like real heavy stories, but. Yeah. The characters yeah. in the manual had like their own backstory. Like this character is not good at making friends and such and such oh, and such. Okay. So each dream level for that character represents some aspect of their psyche, mm-hmm. even though it's like a nice, vibrant environment. Oh, but I like they, that. It sort of represents bits of them. It's funny. I didn't realize that that's what this game was about. Oh yeah, man. That's so neat. But the thing is, do the way the game conveys the plot, which it doesn't. <laughs> it's just more <laughs> like you, if you didn't know it from the manual, you'd just be like, oh, there's this guy named right. Riala for some reason. Yeah, you wouldn't know. You wouldn't know, but. It still is a beautiful thing to look at. My favorite level, by the way, is the Suburban Museum. That place is great. Um, but I'm just rambling. That's all right. I'd like to hear about it. Folks who've never played this game, they should. I can't speak on the sequel so much because the sequel got panned by a lot of people. Though I will say... Well, that was the Christmas one. No, no. Though the Christmas one was legit. Okay. Um, so the Wii, Nintendo Wii, had a sequel called Night's Journey Into Dreams. And they gave Knights a voice. The characters had a voice. They actually tried to tell an actual story in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and it played a lot like normal Knights. Like, there wasn't anything wrong with it. But people, like, the reviewers weren't very kind to it. I bought it anyway. And that being Pernell, I didn't do tons with it. But one time during one of my visits to Chicago, my buddy Nick Randall and I sat down with this game and just, like, steamrolled it. Like, we were just playing it yeah. to see how far we could get one sitting. And we had fun. Like, That's good. We enjoyed it. So I don't know what the reviewers people, were saying so much. I almost want to go back and see what they were saying. Yeah, but. people, reviewers, have they give they give sequels a hard time. Sequel, especially of beloved games and, and franchises, like they got a lot to live up to. Yeah, especially yeah. if the game, I will say this, if a game, let's quote-unquote, try to revolutionize something when it first came out, right. and then another game comes after it, but it doesn't change a lot, I think that's typically how they get pegged. Though I know I do recall a lot of them not liking Knight's voice and like the fact that they were trying to convey a plot. Like, this is getting cheesy. No one cares about these <laughs> children. Like, I cared about the children. I care about the children all the time. Yes, I donated a dollar today. I cared, darn it. Hmm. <laughs> Crickets. I'm gonna I'm gonna turn this uh I'm gonna turn the I'm gonna I'm gonna tone back I'm gonna set back the tone a little bit, back into Dream World here. We never left. This is well. This is another dream world. This is like, this. This is this is one of my favorite soundtracks that you've introduced me oh. through Christie. Ah, okay. Yeah. I think is, I know where this is going. This is Escape Goat Two. 
uh, goat <laughs> being the <laughs> goat that you play during the game. Um, that you are trapped in a, uh, a labyrinth of puzzles, and you have a magical mouse who, yes. who helps you. And who he, wears a hat sometimes. Uh, but there's there's some crazy awesome stuff that happens in this game. I'll, I'll talk a little bit about this. But in the game, you rescue sheep, and so this is called Peaceful Sheep, and this is the music that plays when you find sheep that are sleeping and you <laughs> wake them up, and it's awesome. So this is Peaceful Sheep from Escape Goat Two. This is on Steam and PlayStation 4, and it's composed by the only name that I have, Magical Time Bean. That's a great name. I love that name of a developer. This is Peaceful Sheep from the game Escape Goat 2, composed by Magical Time Beam. And I mean, this music is incredible. Like, first, I, 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 the song is incredible, but the whole soundtrack is another level awesome. Mm-hmm. It's so good. I would have never, like, I've, I've seen, I've heard about this game where it's just, it's really like single rooms almost kind of block puzzles where you're platforming around um, just trying to find the exit and you have a mouse that you can he can just run across he can run around the walls you throw the mouse you can throw the mouse or you can have the mouse sit like on like switches and stuff and you, and you have to solve puzzles and they're, they get really complicated um, and as you progress like it's a lot of like interesting religious imagery in the game and when you complete a series of levels you go into like a hub area um, where you find a sleeping sheep mm-hmm. and you wake him up and it plays this it plays music out of the PlayStation controller too and it's just like it's a, suddenly like the game is like out of out of the, the console and it's in your hands it's so weird it's such a cool it's premise so for a game it's just like you're a goat running around yeah. these dungeons trying to wake but, up this these sage sheep and it's car- it's kind of cartoony but the music is so interesting it's so good and like well composed and it, it's very dreamlike the whole game um, when you go into these hub worlds through like larger sections, like when you complete larger sections, there's um, actually the remains of animals, and their ghosts will come out and give you like tell you like oh be careful in the next area, or if you leave the labyrinth, the labyrinth will just collapse on itself. Wow! So you have to go and rescue 
wake up the sheep. Like it sounds <laughs> they're like in really... this, they're in this weird slumber. It's so so interesting. And so when you get them, I think it's called the Dream Orb, that comes from the sheep. It's just this game and it's oh, prequel so cool. is just they're they're worth the money. Like it's so good. I remember watching the trailer for this game, the first game specifically. And uh, the music that plays during the trailer is actually what sold me on the game. Yeah. Like the music from that trailer was so good that I said, I have to see whatever this game is. This could be an absolute stinker, and I don't care. So I got to know. Yeah, there's there's power ups that you can give the mouse that you find. There's that just all it is is just adds another mechanic to the puzzle, which just makes it much harder. But the, you don't have them all the time. So there's a magic hat mm-hmm. that you th- that you swap places with the mouse, which makes makes it really cool. There's um, a hammer. I think like the mouse just like can like tear through things. Oh, they added it to the second game. Yeah, there's um there's this one section where like suddenly um there's like a there's like a dark book like 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 with a pentagram on it, and when the mouse gets it, it turns into the necro Mouncercon or something, and suddenly like he turns into like this huge evil looking wizard, and he's shooting like like uh uh fireballs. No, it's good because he's killing all the enemies on the stage. Whoa. <laughs> when that happened, like I threw my hands up. I was like, yeah, mouse. You this, go, mouse. <laughs> this mouse has had enough. That was awesome. It was so cool. So yeah, I really recommend this game. The music reminds me a lot of tracker music, um, like mods and tracker music, Amiga music, but but on a much higher quality. So I wonder if that's how they're composing the music. I know, like, this, I just feel like this is another example of a game that really nails down the dreamscape sound. Yeah, this this song really, really pulls it in. Like, one day, maybe we'll have to sit down and like, come up with a roster of tracks that you can play when you're trying to fall asleep. Yeah, I, I was thinking, like, that was what this episode was going to be. But then, then I picked the Lecky Sparkle. And I could... And you picked Lakeshore Drive. And I could not... I could not not play Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, the dream emulator. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's just so strange. Um, <laughs> I guess it was great. What? Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. Yeah. That is great. That's yeah, the, the Beatles. We're just going to come up with these all night. Um, so, yeah. Uh, yeah. But I, Leprechaun, I, I, Scouting. I don't know. Disseminator. <laughs> Larry. No. Linus. Snoopy. And... Dad. Dad? <laughs> um, yeah, so I hope you enjoyed. Ling- linear this. senility dogma. Mm. <laughs> Lenny Squiggy. Dude. <laughs> I feel like we're playing um, like password, you know? <laughs> All right. Lamentation of silent disruption. Mm. Lemon spirit. Spinach. Daikon radish. <laughs> okay, that's four. You cheated. <laughs> you heard that, Elvis. LSDR. All right. Uh, so what's your what's your next track? All right. My last track for this scenario is from a game that's been on my please grab me someday list. I'll run to the last one. Yeah, oh, unfortunately. Man. We're moving forward in ha- this dream, baby. I'm having a good night. I will have to say the same. <laughs> yeah. I have to say the same. Mm. This track is from the game Dual Hearts, and the track title is called Val's Dream, Treasure Hunter Side. And it's composed by Tetsuo Ishikawa and Masala Nishikid. Awesome. Can't wait to hear this one.
<laughs> Sorry. Oh, oh, pardon me. We have like we've had really different experiences to this song. Yeah. I, I had like turned the volume up super loud and shut my eyes and was kind of like being carried off to the song. You've been grooving the whole time. Oh yeah, this is a spooky dance party, man. <laughs> <laughs> this track is called Val's Dream. Wow. From the game Dual Hearts, composed by Tetsuo Ishikawa and Masala Neshi. Mm. Or Neski. Um now this track is from it's like it's so first of all there's some layers here this is one of those games that i let go i wanted it when it got announced i was going to buy it and then some jerk in my head was like you don't need to buy that game for now just just save your money it'll go down in price or it's just generic and it's not fun whatever yeah now i want it <laughs> and i remembered it and it was perfect for the timing of this episode and I went to eBay to almost buy it, and it's like it's one of those rare games. That was, oh, was a PlayStation Two title. Mm-hmm. One of the earlier ones too. Huh. So, and like this, so the idea behind the game is that your name is Rumble, and you're a treasure hunter, and you're trying to go find some kind of dream treasure, like the dream orb or something like that. And you come across an animal named Tumble. Who is a Baku? Um, if I'm not mistaken, Baku and Lore are typically like dream eaters. When you come to the house, my dog Baku's. He goes Baku 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 <laughs> Baku Baku. Actually, now you want me to now want to play Baku Baku, which uh, is a video game that I adore. Yes, animals eating food. So you, I think you were pretty onto something there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this game. So basically, Baku. This Baku named Tumble is capable of taking Rumble into dream worlds to search for the dream stone. Mm. So rumble and tumble. Oh, rumble and days. tumble. Oh my god. Rumble and tumble. That's so funny they didn't like that didn't click for me right. <laughs> <laughs> Dive into people's dreams and hopes of finding details on the dream orb or rock or whatever it's called. And it's kind of cool because a lot of the game is about solving puzzles and trying to figure out ways to traverse the environment. And they do a lot of really cool, like, little events, like, the kind of, like, gimmicks for the stage. Like, an event of this one, there the world is overlaid with, like, a gold atmosphere. Like, everything's covered in gold. But just off in the distance, it's, like, grassy and green. But as you run forward, the gold overlay runs ahead of you, so you can't get to the green environment. Oh, interesting. That so like, there's like yeah. different things you can do to manipulate to make it make mm -hmm. the make the perspective shift. So the idea is like, it's not, I'm not sure what it's supposed to be because I haven't played the game myself yet, but which I will though, is that I think it's the, that's supposed to symbolize the character like. Um, pretty much trying to keep her true feelings away from you. Right. So, like, you're running through her perceived notion of her world, whereas what you see off in the distance is what she doesn't want people to get to. Yeah, oh, I like that. I like that. So even in even in your, your subconscious, there's 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 places that you can, you, you're still keeping hidden. Yes! Yeah. And I like that idea so much. I'm like, ooh, I want to play this. I want to do more of this game. So it's going to take time, because I don't want to pay no jerk 80 bucks or nothing for this darn thing because it's still a retro -y game and I ain't trying to dump money like that. But if I can find it for like 30 bucks maybe, I think I'll jump on it. Yeah, it sounds really neat. I wonder if, if I can find it on, or if it'll ever be released on like the, the streaming PlayStation service or something. That would be nice though. I'm that's slightly that, doubtful because this yeah. is one of those like that selection's niche on top of niche games. Dark Clouds on there. Both Dark Clouds are on there. Yeah, but they were published by Sony. So, True. like, niche games that aren't under Sony's direct wheelhouse are less likely to hit those kinds yeah. of markets. So this is Atlas. 
Yeah, I do love me some Atlas. Like, I think I have almost all of their, like, PS2 games. It's, like, one of the few that I don't own. Mm. I even have Sky Gunner. No one talks about Sky Gunner. Yeah, Sky Gunner, I remember that. But, like, yeah, this game is on my list. I mean, it's so colorful. And I like the idea of, again, like, they, you can tell they're not taking themselves seriously. Rumble and freaking tumble. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, there's 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 some serious ideas. And they dual wield weapons, too, which is also cool. Oh, like, cool. a spear in one hand and a sword in the other. Is it action? Action, or, action RPG. Action RPG. Yeah, you like, you like the action RPGs. Oh, yeah, I like mashing there's, X there's, to win. Yeah, there's a lot of action RPGs on the PlayStation 2. Yes. Nice. Plentiful. I actually went through my collection recently to see just what the what the breakdown was. The vast majority of my PS2 games are single-player RPG slash action RPG oh, action experiences. RPG. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm not surprised. And that's like of 200-plus games. Like, how many can you own? A lot. I probably know that there's a lot of them because... Of you. <laughs> what do you want to play? I got this RPG. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This RPG. Oh, man, have you played this one before? It's really good. Isn't it an action RPG? Yeah. yeah, yeah well, kind of. But there's Churro Q. <laughs> we can always play Churro Q. So my final track is from a wait mode RPG that I'm playing through again. Um, and this is Final Fantasy X. And I'm playing the arranged music from the high definition remaster no. so there's a whole arranged soundtrack they, they oh they, it's in the game in the game you can select it actually um during the game you can change the soundtrack oh that's pretty cool um, and the arranged music is very very good and this track is called the summoning and it's actually just the start menu um so there's like an opening sequence of every all the characters um kind of at a campfire and it's playing the listening to other world to another world <laughs> no it's playing Tuesday it's playing Xanarkand the okay. Xanarkand theme which is like the theme of the game but the summoning is like the start menu like you select a new game or select the save um, and it's pretty dreamy so here we go this is the summoning from Final Fantasy X the HD remaster arranged version and it's composed by Junya Nakano
This was the summoning from Final Fantasy X, the HD remaster for the PlayStation 4, composed by Junya Nakano. This was a nostalgic track of which I've never heard in full. Yeah, you know, I only ever hear like that first like snippet. Alright, start the game. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? It's just like and then it's so right, here we go. So you you turn the turn the game on. Yep. Alright, that's it. And then start and he goes. Beep, 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 and that's it. <laughs> it's like I gotta start. They force you for that little early part before they give you the option to start the game. Yeah. It's just it's amazing. Some some of these games have the most amazing start menu tracks that you never hear. You'll never get because them, yeah. you just want to play the freaking game, <laughs> and rightfully so at that. Yeah. This so yeah. I'm really enjoying our playthrough of of this game right now. Did you go with the international grid or did you go with the original grid? I did want the original grid. So we've been, in the past we haven't really looked at um, walkthroughs or, or wikis, but now we're, we're using them um, just to kind of like, to make sure we're not missing anything. I say, you've beaten the game before. We've beaten the game twice before. So this is our third playthrough. And what, what, the, the international grid, which was a grid that was only available, I think on like on a re-release in Japan and in Europe, where in the in the grid system when you get a character you you earn stats and abilities by moving them around the grid you earn levels while fighting and then you use those level you use those levels to move around the grid and you can decide where to go mm-hmm. on the grid but for the most part they're on specific tracks like the black mage is learning black magic and the white mage is learning white magic and stuff like that and when you, when you earn characters or when you get the characters, they're in those specific areas. Um, so the international version, it's the same grid, but everyone starts in the middle. Oh! Or like more centrally. Oh, so, so you can branch out however you want you from the start. You can really branch it out, yeah. So right now, we've actually had certain characters, just like I've had our black mage, Lulu, mm-hmm. learn a whole bunch of healing spells because it's just really handy. A part um, of me wonders now, though, because I used to think that it was like actual completely di- a completely different grid. But if this is just starting I'm in the middle, sure it's not. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I almost prefer the old one because with the friend spheres, which allowed you to move across the board to where right. other people have gone. And there's ability spheres, which just allows you to earn to 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 pick up abilities from other, specific abilities from other characters. So it's yeah, like there's stuff built into the into the grid system already that allows you to do that. But this this was like. This wasn't even the original idea. It was just some like additional thing that people could do, especially because if you're grinding stuff out in the game, like like we are, like you're gonna eventually get to that stuff anyway. And I wager if you really are obsessive, you could just you could literally max out the entire like fill in every space on the grid. That's what we're planning on doing for <laughs> for a couple of those characters. We're just we just want to fill out the grid. So we're not really not playing this game all the time, um, but. Uh, yeah, that's where we're at. I'm like, hey, Rob, sort of just doing try it. this new game. No. <laughs> no, the grid system, we gotta fill it in. <laughs> no, we've, um, we've gone through the calm lands, and now, um, I went into the, the cave of the stolen faith. Um, and I forgot that that was one of the optional side quests. <laughs> and meanwhile, I've never beaten the darn game. So that's where you find the summon Yojimbo, mm-hmm. um, who you uncover him. He asks for a whole lot of money, and I don't. I'm not gonna have it. So. I do remember that because I feel like I earned him. Yeah, he's he's one you get pretty. You can get pretty early on, and it's a good place to, to, to earn levels and to, and to and to get used to some of the harder fights because at that point of the game, it gets much more difficult. 
I almost want to try from playing the remaster just to fight the dark the, the dark aeons, which probably yeah. doesn't really earn you anything. It's just saying that you did it. Yeah, it's really just just doing it. Um, so yeah, I want to do all of that crazy stuff later on. All of the uh, um, the monster um, the monster arena, the monster arena, which is why I originally stopped hard playing. stuff. Fighting freaking Marlboros. Yeah. Fighting large packs of cigarettes was a very challenging endeavor. The Marlboro in this game, if you don't get a preemptive strike, like if they get a hit before you, they could wipe out your team. Yeah, bad breath, man. Because of just status effects. Like yeah. not because they're strong, like to hit you. They just they just hit you with all the status effects at one time. That's their that's their But MO. that's the game. That that's the Final Fantasy X is it's like the difficulty is in is in balancing like status buffs and debuffs and, and all that. And it's it's cool. It's and carrying really cool. breath mint. Um, and if I'm not going to spoil the game, but dreams are very important. So, well, you got to admit this. I'm, a, I'm, don't, I'm not saying go ahead and spoil, but the statute of limitations on this one's spoilers are yeah, kind of but up. The, we do have a listener who's playing through it right now. Oh, currently? Yes. Oh, good catch. So I don't want to mention it, but it's important. Uh, dreams, dreams are very important, and you'll learn later on what that's about. I'll tell you what's not important: <laughs> Blitzball. Unless you want jet shot, but you can just kind of <laughs> cheat that too. Oh I, God, Blitzball! I I'll, that's something else that I was like, I'm going to learn this game, and once I learn it, I'm going to enjoy it. And Did that ever happen? No, sir. <laughs> I figured it's but no, sir. Pernell, sir. <laughs> it's, like, it's something you. It's like I wanted to like Blitzball. Uh, conceptually. There's nothing wrong with that, it. It is underwater soccer. Okay. It is, which is cool. Okay, so this early, this early, the early game that it forces you to play through the story is supposed to be actually difficult, from what I've read. It's not something that's easily won. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking to earn the, the 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 ultimate weapons and the limit breaks for the characters, or for Titus specifically. I need to I need to finish a tournament. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna figure it out. I think you also get Waka's ball. Oh, well, no, that's where he gets Waka's ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, for some I don't know what happened. We played through this game so many times. I mean, we finished it twice, but we played we started it a few times. <laughs> Besides, um, our Waka character is so strong. He's stronger than anybody because he's awesome. He hits people with an inflatable ball. Yeah, it's like it's like Oron's got this sword that's bigger than he is. And um, and then you've got Riku with her knives, and Titus has like this this cool like long sword thing, and Titus has a volleyball that he hits you so hard, no, Waka. He, he kills you. No, Waka, Waka, Wa- Waka, Waka, Waka hits you with a volleyball so hard you die. <laughs> it's amazing. Well, you gotta admit he hits those freaking Aramans in the straight in the eye. Yeah, and then the um, and then the uh, the sound effects it makes when it hits the enemies, it's just. Thump. <laughs> He's so actually good. throwing a ball at them. It is amazing. Oh, I love it. I love it. Quad nines. Or, I'm sorry, you get the limit. The limit, that one thing, unless you break the limit on the numbers, you get like quint nines. Yeah, you go to like, yeah, it gets to the, the five the five digits. Um, but you have to get the ultimate weapons for this. So, I'm working on that. So, it's a fun game. I like it. I like it a lot. I like the story. I like the characters. Um, I think it's great. And I just need to go back and finish it. I think it's great. I think it's a. I think it's a strong story. Though it may Titus is annoying. That's fine. Yeah, it's his character. Yeah, uh, I, I'm right. going to propose this question, which is going to probably make our feed explode with anger. Let's do it. Um, you should tell us your favorite Final Fantasy games. Yeah. Legitimate curiosity. What are your favorites? There are no wrong we answers got here, it. except for eight. Uh, I'm not even going to be that jerk. There are no wrong answers. Yeah, it's hard because. I really enjoyed eight, but I've never played all the way through seven. I've never played nine, and I've never really played much else after. I love nine. Ten. I, I played twelve. 
I love you. 12 is I'm Captain Bosch. Von Rosenberg of Dalmasca. Dalmasca. Also, here. Star Wars, apparently, though. I, I don't. I didn't watch Star Wars, so I don't know, but don't apparently, know. people claim that it apes the Star Wars plot. Oh, interesting. But the but. gameplay is solid. It. It's anyway, worth. 12? Yeah, I yeah. I stand behind. The, game, my... no, the gameplay is good. The gameplay is the reason I finished it. Yeah, um, like the story I could do without. I wasn't as into it as I would have liked to have been. But that gameplay I liked. To me, it was the. I want to say it was the the next step of a turn based, or not turn based, but like an ATB after time battle battle system, in the sense that you program the moves in advance. Yes. As opposed to mashing A for every individual yeah. thing, which is cool, and it was really the first step towards Square being like, "Okay, now we program them for you." <laughs> yep, which it's disappointing, but you know the games are different, you know, and that's okay. Every Final Fantasy's got to be a little different. Oh yeah, and I, I get that. I get that. So I'm gonna turn this dream down, and we're gonna talk about talk about we're gonna talk about the bonus round. Gonna talk about the bonus bonus round. <laughs> Pernell, have I told you about the bonus round before? Yeah, what? No. Yeah, no. No. Come, eyes up, eyes up here, buddy. Uh, uh, a, a friend of the front of the class. Bonus. What is bonus round? Where right. is it? All right. So the bonus round's the show part of the show where we play covers and remixes. Crap! I didn't even study. And, and I don't have any pants on. I need you to go to the board, Pernell. <laughs> I don't care. I don't even know why I thought about that, but that's. Wait, this isn't the class I'm supposed to be in. <laughs> that actually did well, happen. This before. isn't the class I'm teaching. <laughs> this is the class that exists. All right, wake up. Oh man. So what's what's the remix that you've got after we've after we wake from this nightmare? <laughs> <laughs> well, I ended up going with a remix from the game that I already chose earlier, but. This is a track that I think I played the original lost, version lost of. Lost your pen there. Yeah, it's on the floor. <laughs> the flizzle. But um, this is from Knights again. Okay. This is the Knights Lucid Dreaming album. And it's the track is called Urban Museum, which is a remix of Suburban Museum. Oh. Composed by Geshen of Balamb. There's another Final Fantasy reference for you. Is it? Yeah, Balamb Garden from okay. Final Fantasy VIII. Oh, yeah. It's been so long. <laughs> All right, Knights.
So that is the Urban Museum from the Lucid Dreaming Nights Remix album composed by Geshen of Balam. As you could probably guess, this track is fantastic in so many ways, ways of which make my skin bubble up with joy <laughs> and then let my brain go all aflutter with, I don't know, suburban rhythmic tunes or something. <laughs> but I love this track so very, very much. That's very good. I, I was surprised at the sound of it, considering the, the rest of our picks that I... Yeah, like yeah. this is... I want. I actually want to listen to the rest of the album. I'm going to look into it because if they if there are other remixes that sound like this, I want all of them. I want every last one. This is this is the kind of stuff that I would like to see more of or hear more of, but I don't come across it very often. Hmm. Definitely not in games. Um, heck, heaven forbid, someone's listening that day. Like, oh no, I've heard it in this. You need to tell us because I want to hear it. But yeah, I love this track. I love this track in the original game, and I love this remix yeah. that this guy did. It's a really, it's a really clever remix of that of that tune. So if you if you don't know the night's soundtrack, we just list, we actually also listened to parts of the the original, and it's it's, it's really cool. Suburban. They did a good job with that rhythm. Not to be joking, not to be confused with Bourbon Museum. Yeah, the, the Bourbon Museum, which sounds like an awesome place to be. <laughs> it would be. I'd go. All right. So my my track is it's not dream. The game isn't dream focused, but it's a very dreamlike song. And it is the Sticker Brush Symphony from Donkey Kong Country 2, composed by David Wise. And this is the remix by Donnie Cordoni called Try Hard. And yeah, I've played actually quite a number of tracks from Donnie Cordoni. He's got, this is from his album called Button Masher. Yes, he gives, he makes me think of like a mob boss. Yeah, it's, it's very, uh, very Italian. <laughs> yeah. But Donnie, so uh, usually you'll, you'll see his albums just under the name Donnie, D-O-N-I. And this is Try Hard from Donkey Kong Country 2.
was Try Hard from Donny Cordoni, which was a remix of Sticker Brush Symphony from Donkey Kong Country 2, composed originally by David Wise. That was a great track. Pretty good, right? It's, he is, it's really chill, but it really still has those heavy drums. You there know? was that weird part in the middle that I was yeah. confused. It was like, were they probably drowning or something? Was no, he just I, gulping lots of water? I, so I don't know Donkey Kong Country 2. I think there's some voice samples somewhere in there, and I thought, I thought that's what they were sampled from. Maybe. This is actually a re-release of that, of that song because he had some problems with his voice samples in the original release hmm. on the album. And they were like really garbled up. And I kind of liked it because it was kind of like in the background. He didn't know what was going on. Mm-hmm. And it kind of added to that dreamlike feel of the music. But he, it's clear now. But in, in that, it's even harder to understand. <laughs> yeah, like it almost is better when you when you know you when, can't understand it versus, yeah. whoa, I'm, you're supposed to be able to. Well, I can't. Yeah, yeah, like like when, it, when, it, when it's so far out that you can't understand it at all. But now it's like I, I feel like I should be able to understand it, but I can't. Yeah, it's so, really far out of me good in, stuff a, in a radical way. Not so much gnarly, but, but tubular mm-hmm. in its own right. r- you know, radical way. I don't know. I was like, <laughs> I'm, I think I've run out of words from that era. Yeah. It's it's pretty cool. Tubular. It's tu- tubu- tubular. I don't think I've ever heard anyone say tubular. Tubular. Like, oh, that's right. We're bringing, it, we're bringing it back. The 80s lexicon is here, boy That's right. We're bringing it back. <laughs> um, more information For more information on the bonus round part of our show, go to rhythmandpixels.com, and we'll have links to the artists' band camps and sound clouds and anywhere that you can 
buy and download the music and support these artists. Okay, I want to thank you for joining us on episode 15-3 of Rhythm and Pixels. Our look at dreams, dream music, dreams and games. Dreamscaping. Dreamscapes. Um, your dreams. We're lo- our look into your dreams. <laughs> Specifically. That's weird. So what would you say, mm. can you think of, can you recall what you say is probably your most rememberable remem- dream? Mm. Or nightmare, whichever Should stands I? out more. Oh, man. Okay, I, well, I, t- I talked about that recurring dream that I had. Um, in which my uh, teeth would fall out. Yeesh. Yeah. I can't even picture that. Um, I don't know. It's just a reminder to go to the dentist. <laughs> That's not a bad thing. It's like, wake up, crap, i got to make that appointment. No, no I, think, I think I had something stronger, um, definitely. I, I, I haven't had it anymore, but it definitely was pervasive in a lot of my life for a long time. <laughs> teeth falling out. Yeah. Not, not fun. No, it is not. Apparently, <laughs> falling teeth, toothless. Yeah, so. What about you? Uh, do you do you have one? I mean, you you you. So when you wake up after dreaming, like your brain sort of wipes it clean. So if you think about it or write about it as soon as you wake up, or or as it's, as it's still in your brain, then it solidifies into an actual memory. Otherwise, those connections in your brain disappear. What so when you write about it, I'm yeah. sure they stick. Yeah, I do need to write more about these things because I have some just genuinely just baffling dreams. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure if some of them are meant to be like insecurities that I'm dancing around with, mm-hmm. or sometimes it's just I eat really weird food before going to sleep. <laughs> that full happened to me too. But like the, my two most memorable ones are still like dreaming about Ronald McDonald when I was a child trying to kill me with like giant diaper pins and like mm-hmm. green ooze. Um, this was before I'd even seen or heard of it, by the way. So no, there was no yoinking going going on okay, there. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, and then the other dream was one where it was a weird case where I was trying to protect somebody from like a killer, hmm. and I was trying to fight, and I would throw up. I threw a punch at the guy. Yeah. And when my fist connected, my arm shattered and fell apart. Hmm. And then I threw my other fist at him, and then that arm shattered and fell apart. Long story short, my entire body was a sh- was piles of shattered glass on the floor. And then the person I was protecting took the killer by the arm, and they walked off together. Huh? Like basically, like she gave me like a dirt, like a dirty look, and they just walked away. Yeah, like you didn't need to be there at all. It was a really you were weird just dream. You, were, you were just destroying yourself. Hey, for, it's like for no other purpose. For no reason. Like it was a. It's a dream that always stuck with me. Like it has never gone away. And I've had this dream years ago, huh. like early 30s or so, and it's still there. And what's interesting is my strongest dreams are usually about places, like really strong memories of places that I've been or maybe they don't exist anymore or, or um, places from my childhood or places that I've uh, – of my, you know, my, my past – experiences but all jammed together like uh the old arcade that he used to work in but then i would go through a door and it'll be um i don't know like a room in my house that i grew up in like stuff like that but like it makes me really nostalgic for those places 
specific specifically because I can't go back to them anymore. They don't exist. But they're nice. They're asking your mind so you can kind of relive them here and there. Yeah, it's such a strange. It's such a strange feeling. But yeah, I dream about places really much more strongly than I dream about people or, or anything anything else like that. Well, I will ask this question because I feel like everyone's had to have had one. Do you ever have an eternal falling dream? I've had falling dreams. Yeah. Like I had one where I pretty much was falling along the side of a building that wasn't but could have been the Mega Man 2 building <laughs> and it just it was the eternal long, fall. It's a long drop. Yeah, it was a long drop. It just kept going and as I was falling like different people and things would fall past me mm-hmm. and like have conversations with me and stuff. You know, that might have been a problem with your inner ear. Really? I've learned a lot about vertigo. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do suffer from that even when I'm up, let alone sleeping. Yeah, so yeah, it's very, very, it can be very serious, but um, if you have an ear infection or something else going on there, that can affect that. And, and even in your sleep, you could be spinning around. So weird. Yeah, kind of, kind of wild, right? Your, your internal gyroscope is just out of whack. And that results in me falling from a building. Yeah. Forever. Yeah, the Mega Man building. That's, that's pretty high up. Yeah. And 20XX, we build them tall. But that's the thing, though. Is like, <laughs> I don't even think it was the Mega Man 2 building, just, but you could easily confuse it for right, it. Right, right. Like, it was just like a night light, a night sky. Like, could have been out of Vegas or something. I'm just like falling, and like a lady falls past me while holding an umbrella, and she offers me a drink, and then she just keeps going. Funny, like, funny enough, this music is from the game Vegas Dream. Are you, you're joking. No. Although it sounds like it should be from the game LSD Dream Emulator. <laughs> I did not choose from that game. <laughs> um, but anyway, tell us about your dreams. Write us at our Rhythm email. Pixels at hotmail.com. Um, and if you want more information about our show. Or our dreams. Or about our dreams, you know, I'm going to add a new, uh, a new link on our website. <laughs> um, you get full track listing on all the episodes, uh, access to access to all the episodes and links to everything else that we're doing like Purnell's game reviews and our 24-7 video game music station on YouTube go to the website rhythmandpixels.com check us out on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram it's rhythmandpixels all one word and if you want to help out the show best thing you can do is share it with people you know you know, just share it on your Facebook feed or, or tell somebody about it um, get the word out there yeah. because that's honestly the hardest part. Yeah, that's all you got to do. Or um, if, if you're on iTunes, just like it or subscribe to it, and then that'll help other people find the show and in turn help other people find the music. Or heaven forbid, this is just throwing a weird one out there. If there's something that you might want to hear more about or learn about or have us kind of tweak, maybe share those thoughts with us. Let us know what the heck is going on. Yeah, we want to know. Go, we know. We want to know what's go, going on with you. What's up with What's up you? With you? We're listening. <laughs> um, if you want to help us out um, in other ways, you can go to patreon.com slash rhythmandpixels. Um, and there you have access to our monthly live stream in which we perform <laughs> perform our podcast live um, as we record it. And um, we also like to thank you at the end of every episode. We'd like to thank Alex the Messenger. 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 Brian Kunkel. Thank you. The Kunk. Um, Bobby Arson. The arson. Cameron Worma. The worm. <laughs> Christoph Sendstrom. The shin. <laughs> the shin. Damian Beckles. The Beckle. Wicked Sephiroth. The Sephiroth. Okay, Impala. Yeah, Impala. I want to thank Carlos uh, uh, Kung Fu Carlito of the Heroes 3 podcast. Hiya! Henrik Anderson. Henrik in. 
uh, Michael Bridgewater from the Forever Sound Version podcast. Cross that Bridgewater! Um, you gotta check out his, his latest episode is about the game. It's just a focus on the game Spin Dizzy. Which I've never heard of before. Like Spin Dizzy World? Yeah, Spin Dizzy Worlds. Um, it's, and, it's, and it's music from all the different um, iterations on it, like on the Amiga systems. All these cr- it's, it was released on a ton of um, Japanese computer systems. I gotta say, and they're that's all, the thing they're I like about his show. He does a lot of deep cut type stuff. Yeah. Spin Dizzy Worlds, for the record, is a pretty deep cut. But man, the music is really cool. It's really, really cool. It's different on all of the, uh, the ports. So check that out. Forever Sound version. It's a really, really cool episode. I want to thank Brian Pitt, Morton Gangso, Chris Murray, who's just a punk, um, <laughs> and, and, uh, a new a new patron. Um, we want to thank Solus009, Solus Sanctuary. Thank you so much for your support. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, Joe Vassalo, Chris Steenerson, and David Smith. You are all aces. You are all bosses. Thank you You're all, all for mega being bosses. quality folk. That's a boss parade. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> this would that would take a lot of effort. If that was the final Mega Man boss room. That's a lot of bosses. I don't even want to take them on. I just want to. All, I just want to go to a barbecue. No, it's more of like a like that the end of Mega Man where you have to choose. You know, that's what I mean. You do it at your own pace, though. The final, yeah, but yeah. no, I don't want to fight all those guys. I want to have them all for a barbecue. Yeah, if, if you go up against Henrik Anderson, you are screwed. Or Kung Fu Carlito. He has the Kung Fu grip. He does. The Kung Fu grip. <laughs> He'll pick you up. <laughs> all right, well, thank you all so much for your continued support of the show. We really appreciate it. We will see you next week. I don't know what's going on. We're going to be doing... I a... actually remember the topic. Oh, do we have a guest? Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. What was the topic? You should probably tell me now. I, I think I'll have to. <laughs> so next week's episode, we will have a pretty cool guest. Um, the band Gunblade X is coming on to promote and promote their... Or, let me rephrase that. Oh, who am I kidding? That is it. Gunblade X yes. is coming on to promote their new really awesome album that will be releasing shortly after the episode. And our topic is pretty much Dragon Games. Oh, game. Dragons. Dragon. That's an awesome topic. I'm really excited about that topic. So, so I jokingly wait, was they're like, gonna release hey, our album. Gunblade? They're gonna release the album after our podcast? Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I just think it's kinda of slightly funny. It's like it could have been could have been the topic could have been gunblades. It would only been one game, but hey, hey. gunblades. Actually, wait, I think there is a second game that used a gunblade in it, actually. But now I'm about to research this. I'm sure I'm sure it's in Enter the Gungeon somewhere, because everything else it is. It has to be. Um, yeah, so yeah, that, I'm looking forward to that. And then we're going to have some crossover episodes with other podcasts um, very soon. So we'll, we'll announce those as they happen. So anyway, you've been listening to the Rhythm and Pixels Video Game Music Hour. Or have you? This has been a dream. Please tell me you have been. Are we asleep right now? Is my, this a dream? My dream is Rob Nichols. Also, I got I got to say this before we go. I just uh, it just hit me. Is it about Twin Peaks? No, <laughs> but don't eat the clues. Now, um, best Batman animated series episode was the one where Batman was trapped in the dream world, and he only realized something was up when he couldn't read any books. Oh, that's interesting. I don't remember that one. Yes. The idea, the premise was that the Mad Hatter trapped him in his dream world because he figured if he was happy there, he would stay there and leave the Mad Hatter to do what he wants in the real world. Oh, that's cool. 
And he was like, why did you leave? You had everything you could have possibly wanted. He's like, but it wasn't real. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, it that's, was such a good episode. It got some, me thinking too. Like it yeah. I was a fourteen year old boy. Yeah. It puts you it puts that puts that puts that like what is reality in your in your head, right? Yeah, like yeah. is that I me mean, if I was sitting in a situation like that, would I want to stay? I mean, mm-hmm. is it real? Is it not real? The brains was perceiving it. Though at the same time, I guess the moment you get a bit of doubt that it's not real, even if it feels real, you know it's not. So thereby, it's a pro- it makes you think. <laughs> Best episode of the show, along with uh, almost got him. Yeah, almost got him. Was great. The, wow, that was that was like some Matrix level business in a Batman episode. Yes. Wow. I hit him with a rock. <laughs> I hit him with a rock. It was a big rock. Anyway. <laughs> so good. Um. Yeah, so think about that, guys. Think about that. When you dream tonight, think about hitting him with a big rock. (laughs) Have a good week. Have a good night. And remember, dream, dream, dream till you can't dream no more. Because sometimes dreams are all we've got and they're worth shooting for. Pursue those bad boys. Because once you stop, you start to wonder what the heck is left. Freaking dream and pursue. You never know what you can do. Just think about it. And now I've got this close to singing the Muppet Babies theme song, so I had to cut myself Yeah, yeah, we've, we've had that problem in the past. We've talked to you about it. The Muppet Babies theme song. <laughs>